Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. 26 more days. It's July 1st, you guys. I don't know if you saw that, uh, if you flipped the calendar, but it's July 1st. The Raiders open training camp July 27th here in Henderson, Nevada. I think four other teams open up probably like five days earlier. I don't know the exact dates, uh, but, you know, if you're in the Hall of Fame game or if you're starting your season uh, on that Thursday night kickoff, so what is it? Tampa Bay Buccaneers for sure. I think the Dallas Cowboys are in the Hall of Fame game. I'd have to look at the uh, at the schedules for that. But they get to open up, um, you know, four or five days earlier than everybody else. So point being, football season is starting this month. The NFL season starts this month. Yeah, I know the regular season doesn't start uh, until September. But football will be up and running across the NFL in a mere matter of weeks. This month, this very month that just started today, July, you'll have NFL football. I, I mean, it's it's weird because it's it's gone by really fast, yet it's gone by really slow. Um, I can never get enough NFL football. I know um, much of America and all of Raider Nation uh, shares my sentiment with that. And here we are. So it's gone by really fast. It's gone by really slow. It's kind of a dichotomy uh, in in how that all works out. You start looking back, and it has been a little bit of a while. But, man, I give the NFL credit for this, so many different things. But specifically for this, they know how to keep the uh, news cycle going throughout the year. You think about it. Uh, From July, let's say just the 23rd, let's just say, from July 23rd, whenever the first teams report, those first four teams open their training camp through the, well, it'll be the second week of February now uh, because of the 17th game, the addition of the 17th game, that means the Super Bowl now gets played a week later in Los Angeles this year or next year, by the way. Uh, So I think that's right around February 13th or 14th, somewhere around there. So from this month, basically, in a couple of weeks, All the way through uh, the second week of February, it will be NFL, period. No disrespect to any other sport out there. I love them all. But the NFL triumphs and towers over everybody else. We all know that. So July through February, second week of February, there will be games. There will be teams opening camp, practicing storylines, all sorts of things to talk about and focus in on. And then not long after that, even really before that, you've got the Senior Bowl, which is in January in Alabama. Love that event. And for anyone, now that everything is opening back up, and I would imagine that everything is going to be full go uh, next year in Mobile, Alabama, please, if you like football and you like to look um, at, at the up-and-coming next players, next wave of players, especially, obviously, the senior players, 
you get to you have an up close personal look at practice during the week and then the game on Saturday. It's a great event. It's one of the most underrated events uh, of all time, and it's a hugely useful tool uh, for reporters and fans alike that just are football heads uh, like myself. Then you have not long after the Super Bowl, this, the the uh, scouting uh, combine unfolds in Indianapolis at least for a couple more years, then I think it's going to be open up. Maybe it'll come to Las Vegas at some point or Los Angeles or maybe just revolve around uh, the country. I think that the NFL is starting to look at the scouting combine and starting to think about, hey, maybe it's time to um, to open that up to other cities uh, outside of just Indianapolis. And, of course, you have the lead up to free agency which is always a frenzied time. Is your favorite team going to sign the pending free agent? Who are they going to sign? What you know? What holes do they have? What free agents are out there that they may chase? How much money does your favorite team have under the salary cap? How much money do they have to get rid of to get under the salary cap? That just dominates for uh, weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start talking about pro days for college uh, prospects. You start talking about who's coming to visit your favorite team. Oh, oh wow. They brought the uh, defensive tackle in from Alabama. What does that mean? What does that mean? I, does that mean that they're going to is it, is it Is it just a mirage? They're trading up. There's talk that they're going to trade up. Who would they trade up to go get a quarterback? You know, so all of that is 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 prevalent and dominating the news, and it dominates the news. Trust me. And then the next thing you know, it's the draft. Three nights in April, a beautiful three nights they are. Very soon after, rookie mini rookie camp opens up. The rookie uh, program opens up. The rookie mini camp. You've got OTAs. You've got um, uh, the, the mini camp, which just really just wrapped up a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, here in, in Henderson and across the NFL. And then the next thing you know, it's about a month or so, and strap it on. Let's get after it. It's training camp, and away we go. So, got to give the NFL a whole bunch of credit for being able to stay relevant and prevalent throughout the course of the calendar. They just do a fantastic job of that, and we can't get enough of it. You know, I, I know in hosting this show, there were people that were like, well, what are you going to talk about during the offseason? It's a Raiders show. Guys, we are 26 days out from training camp. Has there been a day that's gone by in all the days that we've been doing this, talking to each other and, and sharing notes and interviewing people and taking calls and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, it's all of us. It's not just me. It's you guys as well. Um, this is a, uh, this is a team effort and I never, ever, ever forget that. But has there really been a day that's gone by that we didn't have something to talk about, something to focus on as it related to the Raiders, as it related to the NFL? I'm frankly, this is the first time I've ever done this in an off season where it's just Monday through Friday talking about the team that I cover. I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, you know, there was some concern about what, how are we going to fill, how are we going to fill two hours, you know, in the middle of May, March, whatever the case might be after the season had no problem doing that. Thank you, NFL. Thank you, Raiders. Thank you. uh, News cycle, college football, all of that. Scouting combine, draft, free agency. We never had nothing to talk about. Is that 
did I use that phrase correctly? There was never a point in time where we didn't have something to talk about, including today. And by the way, interesting as we barrel towards the opening of training camp in 26 days. Have I mentioned that? 26 days. I just love saying that because it's like, man, it's here. Anyway, um, so Football Outsiders, which uh, a highly respected uh, publication, uh, I think it's just online. I'd, I'd have to check to see if there's anything more than, than that. But the, uh, like Pro Football Focus, they get deep, right? Uh, they dig deep and um, they, they do a lot of great work. And today, I think it was today or very, very uh, uh, recently, they released their projections for uh, for players, individual numbers for players, not just wins. Remember, we've been talking about the wins, and the Raiders have been slotting uh, around seven wins on the projected list. I don't buy it. I think it's going to be more than that, but we'll see. And so they came out with their projected numbers for some key Raider players, and I just wanted to throw some some things uh, at you. First of all, uh, shout out to Josh uh, Dubow uh, from the Associated Press up in the Bay Area. I saw his tweet originally uh, not too long ago uh, pointing all this out, so I kind of aggregated uh, what he put out there. I didn't want to think that I was uh, stealing the stuff or anything like that. But according to Football Outsiders, these are the projections. Henry Ruggs, 42 catches, 661 yards. Josh Jacobs, 928 yards and nine touchdowns. Derek Carr, 4,366 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 10 fumbles. Darren Waller, 89 catches for 1,003 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, And for the defense, 29 sacks and 18 forced turnovers. Mm, I got I, I have a few I have a few bones to pick uh, with football outsiders uh, all, all all good you know that um, and we'll get into that but first we're gonna get into we're gonna uh, go out to the Raider Nation listener line because Justin wants to talk I think about the projections Justin how you doing man hey Vinny I'm feeling great brother I just got out of my first clinical rotation placement so I'm gonna go home and, and have a tall beard to celebrate but uh, what's the duration of that? Uh, it is over the course of a year, I have to do nine one-month rotations. The only catch is I do not get paid for a single minute of any of those rotations. But, hey, it's all part of the game. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll graduate and I'll get to where I want to get soon enough. <laughs> it will all, it will, it'll all pay off. It always does. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll get to a point just like uh, with college athletes where, you know, maybe on the side you can sell your likeness um, and, and, people, and, and, and students uh, that go through that same program that you are in the future will be able to sell their likeness or, or monetize uh, what they're doing so that they can supplement their income a little bit. But uh, congratulations, by the way. And uh, obviously, always, uh, you know, uh, we wish you the best. Oh, well, thanks, Vince. Appreciate it, Matt. Hey, um, yeah, those predictions we were talking about, um, I, I brought him up the other day. I, I still don't think we're talking about him enough, but but Foster Moreau, and is it too much to think the guy the guy gets six touchdowns with, you know, 600, 700 yards to go with it? I just think in, a, in, the, in the red zone with rugs and especially with a healthy Edwards, they, they got a double-team Edwards in the red zone. They – you always got to get at least two eyes looking at Waller, but I just think with Witten gone, this just opens up so much opportunity for Moreau, and, and the dude's just not, he's not just a blocking tight end. We've seen some of the catches that this guy makes, and, and I, I just think he's being slept on completely, and I, I just think he's in for a big year, and I, I, think, you, I think you said you agreed with me on this, but uh, 
do you, do you think that six, six to eight hundred yards? Okay, maybe that's a little bit too much. Six hundred yards, maybe like five to six touchdowns. Can can we maybe see if, if Gruden gives them enough looks, uh, a breakout season from from the tight end too, in, in that offense? Well. Um... Yes, yes, and I don't know necessarily about the 600 yards, um, but anything's possible, obviously. And I know that the Raiders have big plans uh, for for Foster uh, Morrow, and uh, you know we've talked about this. If you watch that coaching clinic tape that John Gruden uh, put out to one of his high school coach buddies, it was really informative, and he spent quite a bit of time actually on Foster Moreau and talking about the plans that they have uh, for for him. And and I mean, he brought up the name uh, Gronkowski, so I'm not going to put that kind of pressure. On Foster. However, if you go back two years, his rookie season, yes, it was only 21 catches. Uh, and yes, he uh, played 13 games, started seven games, but he did score five touchdowns uh, that year. He was really coming on before that serious knee injury that he suffered. So getting into the end zone, and even last year, uh, in his of his seven receptions, two were touchdowns. So there's, there's a little bit of a knack that he has for being a target that you can count on to get over the, the the goal line. And maybe some of that, like you mentioned, is the focus that's put on Darren Waller and others. Uh, it's hard to imagine that a guy as big as Foster uh, can kind of uh, go unnoticed. But sometimes when your defense is, when the other defense is focusing, trying to take other players uh, out of the equation, even a big guy like Foster could get lost in the tra- in translation. And he's done a pretty good job now of, of being able to make teams pay for that. Seven touchdowns in 28 receptions. That's not a bad ratio. And I do think that's caught the eye of the Raiders. And they understand that there's uh, they have a, a a viable weapon, especially down closer to the, uh, to, you know, to, uh, um, to the, in the red zone, I should say. But I also think that he could be somebody that can be a valuable asset wherever the Raiders line up. And, and, and you made the, the Gronk comp. Um, obviously, that's Gronk. But you look at some of the catches that Foster makes, and, and you see him out in, in open space. The dude does not move uh, the way he looks like he should move. You know, he's, he's pretty dangerous out there. He's able to shed some tackles. And, and I, I, again, I just think I think Gruden needs to drop a little bit more plays for him because he's, he's a pretty dynamic player on that, on that offense. He's an athlete. He's a big old athlete. Uh, I could definitely say that. And, um, and, and there's no question that he moves really well. And that's why I think the Ra- the, the Raiders, not that they treated him with kid gloves last year, but they took it. E- they, they, they were careful with Foster last year. I think they really realized what they have in him uh, potentially. And they weren't going to push him coming off that knee injury. They were going to make sure that he got right because this is a player that they feel has a super bright future. They want it to be here in Las Vegas. And I think they're going to unleash him uh, this year. And if you noticed on those numbers for uh, Darren Waller, his numbers come down a little bit. And we've talked about this uh, over the course of time. I don't mind his targets coming down. You know, I think he had 147 in 16 games last year. Uh, I think that ratio should come down because I think there's other options now that the Raiders have that are more viable than they've been in the past. And I think it behooves them to get more of those players involved. And that's going to take some pressure away from Darren Waller. It's also going to create situations where now teams have to deal with other players more seriously than maybe they did in the past. And 
like a boomerang effect. The ball is going to come right back to Darren Waller. As a result of that, he's probably going to see uh, more favorable coverages when other players are starting to become more involved. It's a team game, and I think even if it means less targets for Darren Waller, he might be able to do more uh, and be better off with the targets that he does have because attention is going to be drawn away from him. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for the uh, for the call. Continued success and good luck uh, in your in your in- endeavors. Um, and never be a stranger, you know that. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. David is in Los Angeles, and he wants to talk about projections. Hey, Vinny. Good, good afternoon. Nice to talk with you. So, you too, man. Thank uh, you. Hey, you know, I'm... I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me. I, I I mean, all most of the national media has painted us as having one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And you saw that PFF article had I think the us with the number twenty sixth ranked uh, roster. Uh, you know, being pegged as having the worst offseason. I know a lot of this stuff just to get people to click and, and read the stories. But you know, the, the thing that I put the most credence into is that uh, that win loss total for the gamblers and. Uh, that number, that I think, what is it, seven point five, or uh, you know, that kind of that's where the smart money's at. So, uh, you know, I, I have, I'm a big Gruden supporter. Uh, you know, I just, I don't, I, I just have a, a big issue with him controlling the roster one hundred percent. I just, um, I don't know if there's any uh, accountability on his end. I don't know what could, he could possibly do for Mark Davis to fire him. You know, but I think this is year four. He, He's got to show some big improvement, uh, you know, and, and I just – I don't know if we're going to see that. And, you know, there's talk that they punted on 2021 for 2022. Do you, do you think that's the case? No, absolutely not, without question. I don't know where that came from, but uh, I thought it was a, an absurd take, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they're, they're – they're, they're not punting on 2021. Uh, obviously – they they still have 2022 uh, in their in their in their view as as every team does, but the focus right now is winning and winning right now. Uh, it didn't sit well with the Raiders from top to bottom. What happened last year and how last year ended up. It's a team that wants to win right now. It feels like it can win right now. And uh, you look at the moves that they bring. You don't bring in the unique Ngakwe if you don't think that you're if you, if you're not you know uh, in a in a uh, disposition of competing like right now you don't bring in Casey Hayward uh, if you don't think that you can compete right now those are two veteran players that you put money into because you want to win right now that's the telltale sign you don't bring in Kenyon Drake uh, as a and and put the money that they put into uh, a running back 1b if the goal isn't to win right now the Raiders identified what the issues were with this team And for a while, even going back to last season, they understood what the flaws were. They couldn't get to them last year because, like we've talked about, at some point you got to play that season. And some point you got to coach around the flaws and accentuate the strengths and and understand that some of those flaws are issues that you're not going to be able to get to until next offseason through the draft, through free agency, through trades and whatnot. You can't. Always, there's a there's a point in time where you just got to roll with it. Whatever it is that you have, hope for the best. Hope that your coaches can mask some of the weaknesses. Everybody has them, some more than others. And in the Raiders' case, they understood. There's no way we could go through another season 
without being able to get to the quarterback. There, we have to do something about that defensive line. We have to do something about bringing some veterans in, um, you know, in that secondary. Got to do something in terms of the free eight or the uh, uh, free safety spot. Got to do something to create some competition for Jonathan Abram. Maybe move him to a different position, hope that it works. But if not, have somebody waiting in the wings just in case. They did all of those things with – 2021 in mind to win right now. This is a team that was eight points away, eight points away, literally from winning three other games that they should have won. And it wasn't like they came charging back and just fell short in those games. They actually took the lead in three other games last year at home against the Chargers, against the Chiefs, uh, against the Miami Dolphins with a minute 43, 19 seconds left in overtime and lost. They don't think that they're that far away, and they've made moves to make sure that they're going to close that gap. Now, obviously, it all has to unfold on the football field, but they feel on paper that they're much better. And I'll ask this, and we're going to get to a break here in just one second. Um, what are your, you expressed some concerns that John Gruden might have final say on the roster, and is there oversight there? There is. Um, and it is a collaborative effort, and obviously at some point one person makes the final decision, but it's a collaborative effort to get to that decision, generally speaking. My question to anyone that has a problem with what John Gruden uh, has done thus far, what's your big concern with this roster? What is it that really keeps you up at night? I look at this roster and obviously got to see what things, how things settle down uh, over at that perimeter corner spot, whether it's uh, Damon Arnett, or um, Casey Hayward, and obviously you got to figure out who that slot cornerback is going to be. But other than that, are you comfortable or worried about where they are defensively? I look at that defense, and to me it looks a lot better, uh, and I, I, I feel good about where the offense is. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle, brought to you by uh, Tequila Embajador. And before we get back to these football outsider projections for um, some of the Raider players this year, I just want to let you guys know that, um, remember I told you about uh, the uh, Chefs for Kids um, poker tournament uh, is back uh, this week. Um and uh, it's remember it's it's uh, it's the first Tuesday of every uh, new month. So um, uh, it's at the South Point uh, Casino. It's uh, July sixth, which is Tuesday. Uh, it starts at six thirty. Uh, I think it goes for about three hours. Buy in is sixty dollars, um, and then you could buy as much obviously uh, as you want from that point. Uh, prizes uh, is. Um, uh, first prize is uh, it's an Embajador uh, Tequila Blanco, uh, a pack, uh, or and then um, money. There'll be money. Obviously, uh, you're going to win a, a a lot of money uh, if you're if you're in first uh, place. Uh, second place, money plus plus uh, Demon Rum, um, a, a bottle of Demon Rum. Uh, they're spiced rum. Uh, obviously, uh, money as well. And there's a third place uh, cash value as well. 
so, and of course, it all goes to Chefs for Kids, which is a local uh, charity uh, that helps put food uh, on the table of, of children that need it, frankly, and families that need it. So um, it's a great event. It's over at South Point. Uh, it starts this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, good luck. Uh, tell them Vinny sent you and uh, have a lot of fun. It's a lot of poker, you know, great poker, food, uh, lots of drinks uh, and fun. So uh, go check it out on, on Tuesday. Uh, but we are talking again about uh, these projections by uh, pro fo- or uh, football outsiders. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I have a major bone uh, to pick with them. But I think there's some a little bit on the light side. Let's put it that way on some of these numbers. And uh, I understand just like the Raiders being projected to win seven games this year based on, you know, whatever your go-to is for that category. And and whether you're looking at it just from a fantasy standpoint or a fan standpoint, or if you dabble in, you know, the betting world, um, you know, whoever you, you, you go to for that source of information, generally speaking, the Raiders are projected to win anywhere from seven to 7.58 wins this year. I think that's a little bit light. Uh, We've talked about this. That's, presuming that the Raiders are actually a worse team than they were last year. And I frankly think that they're better on paper. Obviously it has to unfold on the grass. We've talked about that a million times. That's obvious, but on paper to me, this team isn't two games worse than they were last year. Remember there's a 17th game uh, this year. The Raiders won eight games in a 16 game schedule last year. They were eight points away and less than three minutes away. On, in three in three games, a minute forty three against the Chiefs, and nineteen seconds left against the Dolphins in overtime against the Chargers. You know we talked about this a lot. Eight points and that time frame in three different games away from winning three other games to win eleven games. It didn't happen. The Raiders weren't ready to close those deals. I get it. There were flaws that they needed to correct in order to be in a better position to close those type of wins. If you look on paper, I think the Raiders have done that. Yes, it's on paper, but you can't tell me that Unique Ngakwe and Casey Hayward and Trayvon Morig and Quinton Jefferson and Corey Littleton, a year under his belt in Las Vegas, Nick Kwiatkowski, who played uh, fairly well last year, Nicholas Morrow kind of emerged uh, as the player that the Raiders have envisioned for a couple of years here. Can't tell me that they're not going to be better this year, especially in Gus Bradley's system. And oh, by the way, Gus Bradley and this coaching staff that he's brought with him. And oh, by the way, an off-season program, a real off-season program that wasn't just trying to navigate a whole bunch of meetings on Zoom. There was actual classroom work, teaching, working in the weight room, getting to know guys, getting on the field, developing chemistry and timing and relationships, installing an offense, installing a defense. You can't tell me that with all of that, the Raiders are worse this year than they were last year. I'm not buying it. Now, if they are, to me, that's a shock and a huge disappointment. I don't know what would happen if that were to happen. I'm not here calling for anybody's job or anything like that. That's not you know uh, what I do. But there will be you know, you, you're, you'd have to start looking at things even more seriously than they already are if, for some reason, they're worse than they were last year. The Raiders are counting on being better than they were last year. And I think, based on what I've seen, 
that they should be. And you start looking at these numbers that um, they're projected, that some of these players are projected uh, to, to finish with this year. I don't know. You know, um, I think I think Henry Ruggs, 661 yards, 42 catches. Now, granted, that's that's doubling the catches or close, not doubling the catches, but, you know, improving from the 20-some-odd catches that he had last year to 42. I think he gets more than 42 catches. I think the Raiders have to make sure that it's more than 42 catches. Now, granted, guys can get hurt. Uh, all those type of things. But I think 42 catches is on the light side for Henry Ruggs. That's not, I'm not going to say that's not acceptable because I have to see what 42 catches looks like in conjunction with a whole bunch of other players. And I'm going to, uh, in the break, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get uh, as many other Raider players as possible to see how football outsiders is looking at, um, you know, some of the other players in the equation, but 42 catches, 661 yards. Uh, I think they had him for six touchdowns for Henry Ruggs. I think it's going to be more because I think they're going to get him the ball more. And I think he is in a position to do more with the ball than he did last year. And let's not forget, he did average over 17 yards per catch. That's not bad. It was just happened to be in a year where he gets hurt the first game of the season. It's vitally important that he stay healthy. We're not obviously overlooking that. But I think it's extremely important from the get-go. When that ball gets kicked off September 13th at Allegiant Stadium, it is hugely important, I believe, for this Raiders team to have a plan in place and execute that plan to get young Mr. Henry Ruggs the ball, to get him involved, to get him engaged, to get him activated as early as possible. And I'm talking about September 13th at Allegiant Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens. Get the man the ball. Build that confidence. Create that comfort level and that chemistry between he and Derek Carr. And in turn, John Gruden, make it a point. Now, you don't want to overdo it. And obviously, there's going to be situations where Derek Carr, being the quarterback that he is, having the command of this offense that he does, you get to the line of scrimmage, you take a look around, you understand what the play call is, you look at the defense, you look at the coverage. And okay, the best place to go to the ball right now, with the ball right now, is Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro or whoever it might be. There's obviously going to be situations like that. But to me, the Raiders need to figure out a way to diversify the manner in which they get the ball to Henry Ruggs. Everything was happening in such warped speed last year. And, you know, on top of that, uh, injuries, COVID-19 with, with Henry Ruggs, just it, everything was happening so fast. And, you know, after that injury, uh, it was a, it was a definite setback, and and to me, it interrupted or at least affected the natural evolution of things for Henry Ruggs. You know, a lot of times you have a plan in place. You know, you try to you're you're, you're putting together. It's like a building block. You know, you want to get in in week two, and then in week three, you start writing more things in. You know, and and all right, he built on that. Now it's time to move on to this, and you know that's kind of how it works. He didn't really have that because from the get-go, he got hurt. And so that interrupted the whole thing, threw everything out of whack. 
Brian Edwards was kind of in the same category. He got hurt in week three. But barring, you know, uh, uh, injuries and having the kind of offseason that they've had, uh, Henry Ruggs being able to look back and see what he did right, what he did wrong, what he needed to work on, what he needed to fix, how did he need, what did he need to do to get better, the body, the eating, the strength, the conditioning, the explosiveness, the confidence, all of those type of things um, that he was able to work on this offseason, not just individually doing his due diligence when he was away from the facility, back home, wherever home is with his personal trainer. And he was definitely putting the work in. We all saw it uh, on social media, but then also in the building with his teammates, with Derek Carr during OTAs and minicamp. There's a foundation there now that didn't exist last year. And with better health to start off, you got to figure that from week one on, the Raiders are going to make it a point to make sure that Henry Ruggs is involved in a major way in this offense. He takes this offense to a whole other level if he's activated, if he's engaged. And to me, that has to happen in week one, or at least there has to be an intent for it to happen in week one. And then you build off that, and then good things will happen and continue to happen. So that's why I keep going back to this 42 catches, 661 yards. I think if Henry Ruggs can get off to a hot start, a combination of him making good on his touches and the Raiders being dedicated and disciplined and getting him the ball and creative and getting him the ball. I think by the end of the season, in a 17-game season, let's say he does play all 17 games, I think 52 needs to be about 60, 70, 65, 70 on the catches. I think 661 yards needs to be up and above 800, 900, I really do. And I think he's capable of doing that. And I think what John Gruden has in store for him will put him uh, in that, in that, uh, on that, on that track. So I'm, if I'm thinking about this, I I don't agree. I don't agree with 42 catches, 661 yards. I don't, I think it's going to be more than that. You know, you move on to Josh Jacobs and what have we been talking about Josh Jacobs? Don't underestimate the impact of Kenyon Drake. This doesn't, um, this isn't a bad thing. I think Josh Jacobs's usage is going to per game is going to probably come down a little bit. I think he had too many carries last year, 270 something carries last year. I think that needs to, um, the percent, you know, the, his carries per game maybe comes down a little bit factor in the 17th game. Um, maybe, 215 carries, 220 carries. I think that, you know, based on, on, on the football outsiders projections, I think they had him under four yards per carry. I think the, I think they had him somewhere around like 3.9, 3.8 yards per carry. To me, that'd be a disappointment. I think Hen, I think uh, Josh Jacobs, per carry average needs to get back to where it was his rookie year, well over four yards per carry. And I think there's a, there's a path to that. A it's using him more, uh, not necessarily efficiently, but in a, in a, in a way that preserves him a little bit better so that the injuries, you know, don't become a factor and the gas in the tank, 
isn't a factor. I think with Kenyon Drake, you can now share some load in that regard in the touches. I think that Josh Jacobs now having a running back uh, that really excels in that outside zone uh, run like Kenyon Drake, maybe, you know, that's something that is on his plate a little bit more than Josh Jacobs. Maybe Josh Jacobs is more, you know, uh, in that between the tackles situation. So I think that even in a reduced amount of carries, I think the yards per carry can go up and he can be a more effective, efficient runner. So 928 yards looks good on paper. But when you look at the below four yards per carry, don't like that one bit. I think in a reduced amount of carries, utilizing him better and having more confidence in, a, in an offensive line that's going to be healthier, more durable, more available, more effective in what John Gruden wants to do. Don't forget, you got your big guard back, the big nasty guard back, Richie Incognito. Alex Leatherwood, health, health uh, holding up is going to give him 16, 17 games. They didn't get that from the right tackle last year. So I'm I'm feeling more like 1,100, maybe a thousand, a thousand fifteen yards with less carries, higher per uh, yard per carry. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. We're going to continue on uh, with these projections. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I think it's a little bit light, but that's okay because it makes for good talk. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. Uh, you're daily go-to for Raider News Analysis. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Hope everybody is doing great on this Thursday. Looking at some of these projections on Football Outsiders. Kenyon Drake. By the way, uh, looked um, at the fine print on Josh Jacobs' season. Uh, I think it was 230-some-odd carries, 928 yards, um, and it was a 4.0 yards per carry. Not bad. Uh, I think the Raiders would like to see that a little bit better in terms of the yards per carry. Uh, but the but the amount of carries comes down from the 272 it was last year to 230-some-odd. I think it has a chance to maybe even come down a little bit more. Um, but I think that if you could, even if you bring it down a little bit more, if you can get the yards per carry up, which I think that's the intent, in a more... You know, in a healthier Josh Jacobs, a Josh Jacobs that's, you know, finishing games stronger, finishing seasons stronger. You know, I, th- I still think that he can get up and above a thousand yards rushing, um, even on some in a reduced carry situation. So uh, not all bad, even with the projections that they had uh, football outsiders had for Josh, uh, um, you know, the 928 yards rushing, 230 some odd uh, carries, four point four yards per carry, a little bit of an improvement in that area. I think the Raiders want. Uh, to get the yards per carry up. Anyway, Kenyon Drake, uh, they've got him projected at 138 carries for 566 yards um, to go along with 41 catches for 286 yards. Uh, His yards per carry would be 4.1. 
Um, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting with Kenyon Drake. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can use him, and obviously his presence is going to um, – you know, result in, in in Josh's carries coming down from the 272 it was last year to what they have him projected at, as, as 230-some-odd. But I actually think that Kenyon Drake, knowing how John Gruden likes to run the ball, I think Kenyon Drake could get closer to that, maybe even 170 carries, um, you know, with with, with, with – um, with Josh Jacobs coming down to maybe, you know, 210, 205, maybe around there. Um, so, but you know, yeah. So, so if, if you could get, if, if, if Drake is in that, you know, 160 range, 165 range, uh, you get 566 up to, you know, close to 700 yards. I think that's kind of what, the vision here is 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 for the Raiders, but um, but interesting on Kenyon Drake, 138 carries, 566 yards, 41 catches, not bad at all, 286 yards. I think um, maybe the uh, 286 yards, I would I would go up a little bit higher on 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 that. Um, so um, Brian Edwards, uh, according to to uh, Football Outsiders. Um, I don't see him even listed, so uh, that's kind of interesting. We'll see what uh, maybe maybe it's just more known players or players that played a certain amount uh, last year. But um, Hunter Renfro, the um, the Raiders slot wide receiver, who I think you know is his time. I mean, is Willie Sneed's going to get on the field? You know, uh, there's 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 there's. Um, I think people are might be sleeping a little bit uh, on on Hunter, or excuse me, on on Willie Sneed. Uh, so we'll we'll check on that in just one second um, on on Hunter Renfro. But uh, obviously, Derek Carr is the that's really the the biggie um, as far as uh, Raider fans are concerned. Um, the yards uh, per uh, four hundred, I think it was four hundred and thirty some odd yards, uh, seems fairly reasonable. Um, I'm going to get to the exact numbers here real quick. Um, so 4,366 4, yards passing, 26 touchdowns. That looks pretty good. Uh, although I think, don't be surprised if it, you know, maybe even goes in uh, up and above 30 uh, for the touchdowns with an added game, uh, more weapons to throw to. 10 interceptions, not horrible, but the 10 fumbles is is where could get a little bit troublesome. Now, the fumbles, I think, are going to go two different ways. Yes, Derek Carr has fumbled the ball in his career. Generally speaking, when quarterbacks are under duress and Derek Carr has not played with the best offensive lines during his time uh, with the Raiders, Derek Carr hasn't played with the best talent around him during his time with the Raiders. It all factors into teams being able to get after him a little bit more than maybe they do other teams' quarterbacks. He does a pretty good job of avoiding sacks, um, but when he does get sacked, uh, there's been a fumble issue. I was there in Atlanta last year. I think he had three fumbles. There isn't one that I can legitimately put on Derek Carr other than the fact that, hey, you can't um, you know, uh, other than saying something along the lines of uh, how come you can't uh, hold on to the ball when you're under siege from, you know, uh, barely before you even set up. I don't think that they were his fault. I think they were on the offensive line. And here's my point. 
I just look at this offensive line, and if it stays healthy, to me, it should be better in pass uh, pro. And if and if they are, even with you know training Gabe Jackson, and even with trading Rodney Hudson, I think they're going to be um, okay replacing those two players. And like we talked about last year, as long as Alex Leatherwood stays healthy, he's really replacing Sam Young, who played way too much last year and at times in past pro was a liability straight out. So I think that if Alex Leatherwood is an, uh, provides the upgrade that many people expect him to provide over, over a Sam Young, then I think the pressure that Derek Carr is playing under gets reduced. And I think those 10 fumbles becomes a bit high. So, um, and, and he needs to take care of the ball one way or another, whether it's the offensive line doing a better job or, or Derek being a little bit more aware. He's the 10 fumbles is too much, too much. Can't have that. Uh, Darren Waller, 89 catches, 1,003 yards, seven touchdowns. I don't mind that at all. I think that's fairly reasonable because again, I think that other players are going to be more involved, uh, this year. So, um, I think that the targets on, the, the, the targets for um, Darren Waller could come down from the 147 or so that he had last year uh, to allow you know more players to be um, uh, to, to be involved. So um, I, that's not a bad year for him, especially if uh, other players start getting involved, i.e., um, you know Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Willie Sneed. Brian Edwards. So, uh, so we'll see. Now let's get to the defense. He was twenty nine sacks. That would represent an improvement by eight over what the Raiders did last year, and what they did last year, we all know, wasn't acceptable. And one thing I can say about, at least you know, people that I talk to. They really believe that they've upgraded their front seven. When we say front seven, they're, they're, they're down four linemen and the four linebackers, or excuse me, and, and the three linebackers. But it's not just the down, the four down linemen. It's what they have behind them as well. Um, so they feel like there's better depth, there's better skill set. Uh, so 29 sacks, again, I think that's low. I, I think that's low, and I think that with Max Crosby being healthier and better shape, Unique Ngakwe, Clee Farrell has to stay on the field, Solomon Thomas, Quinton Jefferson. I, we've talked about it so many times. If they just do what they've normally done in the past, what they're fully capable of doing, just the, just the defensive line by itself should get over 30 sacks this year. That's by itself. Uh, and it's not counting, you know, what what they're going to be able to get from their linebackers and their secondary players, and they're going to be involved in that phase of the game as well. So twenty nine sack, and then the eighteen turnovers. Off, they had fifteen last year. Yeah, it's an improvement, but it's not enough. They have to do better than eighteen turnovers. So, and I think that they will. They're in. I I I I I think that based on. Um, Improved play by certain players, a better system, better coaching, better players. That 18 turnovers should be 
high 20s, I'm calling it right now. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Raider Dave. When we get back from break, uh, hang in there, uh, Raider Dave. I want to give you the time to uh, uh, to maneuver, uh, so I don't want to uh, crunch you on the time. So we'll, we'll get to you uh, after the break. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. <laughs> 